We sometimes talk about the year 2000 as if it happened 10 years ago. Breaking news, people, that happened 20 years ago. You know that game, not Ocarina of Time, the one that came after Majora's Mask, a very controversial game for fans of the Nintendo 64? That game is 20 years old. So we thought that instead of talking about an individual game as we kick off 2020, we sort of look back at the year 2000, chronologically speaking, and highlighting some of the top games, some of the games that definitely meant something to us, because I guarantee you that as we do this podcast episode, some of you are going to go like, damn, really? That game is 20 years old, because even working on this list, I feel pretty damn old. So let's talk about that in another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode every Sunday with yours truly. I'm back. I'm, I'm in my new home. Earthquakes aside, things are things are good here at uh, Puerto Rico with Juan Velas joining me. Earthquake free from London, Ontario. We got Keith Posha. Keith, uh, when you hear Wait, 2000. I'm not Keith Posha. 20 year Oh, uh, Keith Hamilton. That's He's right. Like the, it's the earthquakes, man. It's I paid money for that for that change, okay? <laughs> You're going to address me properly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keith. Hello. Hamilton. Wait, there wait, you wait, go. wait for the pause. Hamilton. Okay, okay. That's better. You can continue 20 your years ago. How does that yeah. make you feel? I was, like, kind of bracing myself for this episode, and then the second you said that Majora's Mask was 20 years old, that wincing feeling you talk about just struck through me, like, oh, man, really? We're, we're getting old, guys, and it sucks. Yeah, I don't so want to get old. I'm going to give Ryan possibly, I, I follow a lot of these retro gaming communities and the topic of retro gaming is naturally very difficult. But when you think about the N64, a game like Majora's Mask 20 years ago from Boston Mass, Ryan, is that considered a retro game now that's uh, oh, 20 years yeah, old, two decades? Absolutely. I think anything... It is, but it doesn't feel good that it's considered retro. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking 20 years old, that is that is retro. And I think people were even calling N64 PS1 retro even you know well before that. But certainly, it is very firmly in the retro category now. Yeah, so uh, this is going to be a reaction thing in that I have a couple of things like from January all the way down to December. But if you enjoy the podcast, people, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and kicking it off uh, January 24th. So starting the year 2000, we got a sequel to a party game on the N64 with Mario Party 2. Uh, some people consider this and the third one to be some of the best in the series. Uh, what, were you, what, what are some of your memories uh, with this game? I was really into the N64 Mario parties back in the day, with Mario Party 2 being my favorite of the bunch. I played a lot of 2, played a lot of 3, and I enjoyed them back in the day. Going back, I hate Mario Party now. It's really? Garbage. Why? It's hard to it's put into parties. words. It's not good. It's, <laughs> it's hard to put into words, yes. It's not good, but you just feel bad playing Mario Party. I will admit that part of this uh, stems from being a uh, giant bomb viewer and watching all of the Mario Party parties, but that game, or that helped show that those games are trash. There's no skill. It's, it's basically a giant 50-turn RNG fiesta that just feels bad to watch and feels worse to play. Well, I'm going to disagree and say that I I'm a big fan of Mario you can be Party. Wrong. I don't think it's, it's okay. completely it's okay. RNG. Clearly, the mini games, a lot of skill, 
will come into play and there's certainly okay. strategy Duran, you can implement in as far as what kind of paths you take and weighing let me you know, lay out your the dice scenario rolls. for you let me lay out the scenario for you something that happened to me personally playing mario party 2 about a year ago you're on about turn 45 of 50 the uh you're in first place and then the second person second place uh behind you uh has one star less than you they roll the dice they get a six they hit a hidden block, and boom, they get a star. And all of a sudden, now they're in first place. How do you not want to just throw your N64 against the wall at that point? Well, I that's a test Mario of Party. friendship, Keith. That's, I've, what, I've that's had the bad purpose of the before. game. I'll never forget when my friend during chance time gave three of my stars to Wario, man. That that never leaves you. <laughs> it's a dick friend. That, that being said, it's still a really fun game. And Mario Party 2 being my personal favorite, although I have to say the one on the Switch, pretty damn good. I actually really like it a lot. But Mario Party 2, there's a lot of memories there. Nobody really likes Mario Party 1 because there's too many mini games where you have to rotate the joystick and burn a hole right through your hand. (laughs) So Mario Party 2, they were like, all right, forget those mini games. That's out of there. We're also going to add in these cool themes where you're wearing a cowboy hat or there's like a pirate themed thing. So they had a really uh, a good amount of fun boards. And this was a game that during like the when let's plays were like a huge thing on youtube i saw people playing that game and then my friends and i we all went and played that game on the wii virtual console and we just had so much fun playing it so i played it way more about eight years ago than i ever did even when it came out like i rented it once enjoyed it but it was it wasn't until like i said eight or so years ago that I really, like, we did everything, like, we played through every mode in that game, and we, there's a game called Day at the Races, where it's literally, this is a complete RNG fest, where all you do is pick, you bet on one of the uh, people, and it's just a horse race, essentially, and we were, we were trying to unlock that mode in single player, so we could just basically bet on that mode, uh, (laughs) just for, like, dollars or whatever. Unfortunately, though, if you played in that mode they don't actually tell you who the winner is so long story Aww. short we, we weren't able to do that uh nevertheless uh, child gambling what a shame as yeah. far as the old mario parties three is by far my, i mean two is by far my favorite two yeah i think a lot of people agree with that and for everybody watching and listening uh please react to any of the games that we're going to be talking about it's impossible to get to all of them right like i just picked out some of the best ones but you know we are on social media a cast of the past on twitter com slash discord if you want to continue the conversation. Now, we're going from January. We're going to be following over to February 29th. We're going to keep playing some games on the N64, people. But if you like these Pokemon Red and Blues and you wanted to see some of these Pokemons in 3D on the screen and do some battle, then we got Pokemon Stadium for you. And uh, you could import some of the Pokemons and all that. I know that this is like, you're only getting a fragment of the Pokemon games with this one, right? So what did you guys think about Pokemon Stadium, where it was primarily just the fighting part of the Pokemon games? Well, before I get into my thoughts, I have a question for you both. Is Pokemon Stadium a better Mario Party game than Mario Party with the mini games in there? Because I would argue that Clefairy Says is better than any of the Mario Party mini games. Mm. You could you could say that I guess, but not I feel really. like the mini games just 
get kind of old if you don't have it mixed in with an actual you gotta have Mario more, yeah. Party game. I disagree strongly. <laughs> Keith, but you just hate Mario Party. You just hate Mario Party too. I also, right? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, it's probably a little bit of a tinted uh, opinion. You just got you got your little anecdotes of uh, where you got mad at Mario Party, and you just you have a personal Too vendetta party. against the you game. You can't party that much. So, True. Ryan, what do you think about Stadium? Stadium, I remember being very hyped as a kid to be like, oh, it's a 3D Pokemon. This is going to be so amazing. And then you play it, and it's just kind of like, eh, uh, you know, this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be. And if you especially do not import Pokemon, then it's just a complete waste of time. It's only really fun if you're able to import your red and blue Pokemon. And even then... I was not particularly impressed with it at all. Yeah, I agree 100% because in theory, it sounded like an awesome idea. And then eventually they got there with the later games. But it was it's one of those examples of series where it's cool in concept, uh, but just doesn't land in execution. Very similar to the first Assassin's Creed in a weird way was Pokemon Stadium. And the other games are great, just Stadium didn't land. But great mini games. Yeah, for me, uh, I never transferred any of the main games from uh, Pokemon from from my Game Boy, so I just kind of rented this, and I had the generic set, which really wasn't fun. So can't talk too much more about that. But uh, here we go, March second, we're gonna switch things over to the PlayStation One, and if you're a fan of professional wrestling games, this is probably one of the best ones. Like, this is when the transition happened, right? Like, if you played wrestling games on the Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo, they were kind of just like fighting games. But uh, the first SmackDown game for the WWF, wow, I really? thought, was incredible. And, okay, people, That's I'm a 2000 sk- game? No, no, wow. no, Keith, Keith, Keith. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Do you know that SmackDown 1 and 2 came out the same year? Here we go. <sighs> So I do okay. remember that, I think. Yeah. So March 2nd, the first SmackDown game came out for the PS1. And then November 21st, SmackDown 2, Know Your Role also came out. So it's like way before THQ. Yeah, I wonder if the original SmackDown, SmackDown like, got delayed or something. And then maybe they still were going to release SmackDown 2. But I, I do have a lot of memories of this game. I, I played SmackDown 2 more, but I did rent... This game, I think before I got SmackDown 2, and I also borrowed it again from a friend, but SmackDown 2 was very pivotal pivotal in me learning a lot about wrestling. This was right when I got into wrestling when this game came out, and there was that setting where they would put the name of the move at the bottom of the screen whenever someone did a move, and that's yeah, how so you'd see I- that punch how- 75 times. Yeah. That is how I learned the names of wrestling moves because Toe I was kick. still very new. Yeah. Chop. Fun Chop. fact. Yeah, there. no. That game had an awesome story mode that would seemingly never end. You know, the first SmackDown, talking about that one first, it's like, it. it's still fun to play. It's like a super sped up version of the SmackDown games, but I played it like late last year and I played the second one, and I'm like, man, like these these look rough. But the presentations there, like the entrance music, it wasn't like the N64 games, or like the, the crappy time trons games, though. Where it's oh, like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm just going to be them walking, in the ring. and there's a video behind me, but you can't see anything. And but it was it's cool just that so you got pixelated. To see the 
Yeah, but the the moves look pretty good. Like the Hell in a Cell were not Hell in a Cell matches, and you would have to like dive. Smackdown, Smackdown two. two, yeah, yeah, no, exactly with, with that one, but like, yeah, you would have to like dive out. But I think that it's kind of interesting, you know. Both games came out the same year, sort of like what they improved upon. I think they expanded on the roster. The second one had a lot more creation tools, and it laid the foundation for like, I mean, hell, up into up until like Smackdown. Here comes the pain. I want to say the gameplay was largely this but just slightly modified. So, Keith, what do you think about the SmackDown games on the PS1? It is weird to think that SmackDown 1 is a 2000 game, because in my head, SmackDown 2 is a 2000 game. But the fact that they came out the same year, it maybe, Ryan, you're onto something, that there is some story behind why they, like, maybe it got delayed, and then, or they just had to put something out in March, and SmackDown 2 wasn't ready. But it just... I'm um, a lot more fond of SmackDown 2. It was my first PlayStation wrestling video game. And I, God, I must have put hundreds of hours in that as, uh, as a kid. Between that and No Mercy, that's pretty much my childhood right there. And just the uh, the foundation that it laid for all the future SmackDown games, It's uh, I think it's so important to where the wrestling games uh, got to. And even though it is a little fast, it's a little arcadey, it was fun as a kid. And I really enjoyed my time with SmackDown 2. One, not so much. I think I actually ended up playing SmackDown 1 after 2. So there wasn't really a lot there for me. Plus, the fact that they came out the same year, it's like if you see a 2 after the SmackDown, the default thing is going to be like, why would I play the first one, right? And you know what? Honestly, it's true because everything that SmackDown 2 does, or SmackDown 2 does everything 1 does, but better. Exactly. Now, uh, this next pick is for you, Keith. So on okay. April 4th, we're, we're going to be talking about some Star Wars games. I think that to this day, people still clamor for this game, uh, a vehicle, a racing game. We have Star Wars Episode One Racer. And I think that, was it you, Ryan, or maybe it was you, Keith? Like Some people said like the best thing about that Phantom Menace movie was that we got this game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and we I know we had it on our our list when we created a list for the Nintendo 64 um what what the heck do they call those things like the N64 classic classic, classic. Yeah. that yeah. that's the word i was looking for um yeah we we did a video and go check it out on the youtube channel and uh, the podcast feed where we built a N64 classic and i actually was the one who brought up uh Star Wars episode 1 pod racer this is one i really want to go back and revisit cuz i haven't played it in forever but it was a really cool racing game where you were able to like upgrade your pod racer and just something a little bit different and probably one of the best aspects of episode 1 without a doubt there i mean i would i given i haven't played it in a very long time i think that episode 1 pod racer is better than episode 1 but yeah just a fun racing game that was different because back then when i played it the concept of pod races wasn't beat to death and made fun now of this horrendously is pod racing Jessica Sabalba. and i'm with ryan i would like to go back and try that game i know it's very accessible these days so maybe we should put that on our calendar and there's a ps2 version i don't know if that one is the same game i think it's even on like playstation now or something I need like to that look this up it's like extreme. It's got like a title. So I'm assuming it's some kind of like upscaled version of the original game. Now, while Keith looks this up, Ryan, we got to talk about this one. April 27th, going back to the N64. 
Majora's Mask. So the fact that it's been 20 years, I, I forget, you've probably answered this, my, my attention span is of 10 seconds. Did you play Majora's Mask the year it came out? Yes, I'm pretty sure I did. I only tried it out. I didn't get very far. I will say that. Um, I I never owned this game until recently. Even now, I only technically own the um, like a virtual console version. But this, when I pl- I actually played this before I played Ocarina of Time. I got into Ocarina of Time kind of late. And I tried it out, and I remember I was confused as hell what to do. I was stuck as the the Deku scrub at the beginning for way too long, not realizing what the heck was going on. Eventually, I got as far as beating the first dungeon and trying to figure out how to get in the second dungeon in the snow area. And I never got any further than that until I got to college. So it's I always say this about this particular Zelda game. It is. It should be nobody's first Zelda game, but it's a Zelda fans Zelda game. It's it's just one of those ones that it's it's everything you like about Zelda, but it's got this really weird twist to it. So it's something different. But if you really like Zelda games, then you'll really appreciate it. Okay. And then there's Keith. And then <laughs> there's like, Keith. Wait for it. Doesn't wait like it. for it. First of all, Keith, did you find any info about the uh, the racing game on PS2? Yeah, I think it's a different game where it's uh Is it a sequel you never of, played? It is a sequel I've never played. Ooh. And it is on the PS4. Yeah, it is on the PS4, so maybe something we could take a look at possibly. I, I like these spin-off games. Like I was just checking out uh Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX on the Switch, the demo, and it's like it's nice to see like things branch out. Maybe they don't work all the time like Pokemon Stadium, but for other stuff, it could work well. Now Let's talk about some PC games. We're going to go, it's summertime, people. June 29th, to be exact. This is a sequel that I actually listened to an interview of this company called Blizzard. I think we've heard about this company. No, they never did anything. It was fascinating listening to the developers talk about this. Like, eh, we're doing a sequel to Diablo. Hopefully it does well. I'm like, oh, man. You you don't have a damn idea of what you're about to release. (laughs) Diablo 2, guys, talk to me about it. I think it's pretty fair to say that Diablo 2 is maybe one of the most important video games oh, ever yeah. created, at least PC games. Another game that I've probably put about a thousand hours to in my lifetime. Uh, what, what What's your guys' class in that game? I was like the sorcerer. The sorcerer, and then in Lord of Destruction, I was the necromancer. I think I was a necromancer. Because like, for, for context, I played Diablo 2 way after like i i still have my physical copies like when the yeah, wow battle here. chest I don't was think out I owned that's a computer when i first in played 2000 to be honest yeah <laughs> neither did i so like i played it what like eight years after it came out and guess what still freaking awesome like that game is absolutely still worth playing not for nostalgia's sake i think that even now you know people compare diablo 3 to diablo 2 and even though 3 definitely got good it's not nearly as gritty looking as Diablo 2, like, that game looks dirty. It, it, it lives and breeds the world that it brought to us. Uh, so, Ryan, what was, you, what was your experience with those games? I'll be honest, I've played very, very little of Diablo 2, like, maybe only about an hour of it, and I, I know Whoa. how revered it is. Wow. I had many friends who were obsessed with the, the huh. Diablo games, I did get Diablo 3, but even then, I've still never beaten that game. I always try to play it, 
and I just lose interest. It just it's never quite caught on for me. I'm always willing to give it another shot, but it's just it's never can, it's never kept me engaged. I can totally see where you're coming from though, because even back in the day when I first played it, it was very much a have something going on and play Diablo in the background. Like it's a, it's one of those games that I consider a podcast game where if I'm sitting here listening to a podcast just to keep my hands busy, I'll play Diablo and not really think about it too much. And that type of game isn't really for everybody. So, and being, it's kind of almost like the opposite of Zelda where even though it tries, it's not a very story driven game where that's kind of what you're going for. Or you just kind of zone out, turn the brain off and click things until they die and then grab the shiny yeah, things even around then, you. I've tried like Path of Exile and I'm just like, I can't, I don't know what it is. These types of games, I just, I can't get into them. Well, Ryan, I think that the top down perspective for, for some people is, isn't like everybody's cup of tea. You know, and I think it's okay because people sometimes go like, oh, my God, how dare you call yourself a gamer because you haven't played X or Y. It's like, look, you can appreciate a game for what it was and what it is, but that doesn't mean it has to be your game. Like, here's another example. So this game came out for the Dreamcast the same day as Diablo 2 came out for PC. Marvel versus Marvel versus Capcom 2. New Age of Heroes. So this is a fighting game that I think we we gotta we gotta take you for a ride, Keith. We'll take you for a ride eventually. But I, I couldn't game, remember because I was gonna say get ready for the next battle, but I couldn't remember if that's Marvel vs. No, Capcom that or was not. Tekken. That oh. was Tekken, but <laughs> close enough, man. I tried. Close enough. But this game had the sprites from games like uh, X Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom. Like it, it is the. It's like what Mugen is now, this game was legally back in the day, right? And it, it was just freaking awesome to play in the arcades. But the Dreamcast version, I actually have a story about this. So, like, this is like one of the more expensive Dreamcast games. Even back in the day, one day I'm with my brother, we go to somebody's house, and they're just like selling a bunch of games for like $5, but not really paying attention to what you're choosing. So, I knew this is like a $50 game, and I'm like, $5, I'll take it. It's like, no, I already said it. So I got this game for $5, and I suck at it. I'm terrible at it. I suck at the combos. But damn, that soundtrack is good, and damn, that that roster is just freaking ridiculous. Like, I don't think it's up until Smash Ultimate now that we've had a roster as crazy in a fighting game. What did you guys think about it? That game blew my mind as a kid for exactly the roster. I remember seeing it for the first time at an, or in an arcade and thinking Jill like, Valentine. Yeah, like, oh my god, that's Chris Redfield fighting Wolverine, and then Ryu just came on the screen and Hadoukened everybody, <laughs> and it's just so, uh, it's so flashy and fun Mega and Man. colorful. Yeah, Mega Man came here, and for some weird reason, Magneto just beat the hell out of, I don't know, uh... Everybody's here. Everybody, yeah. And then the Juggernaut came in and did Juggernaut things. It's just such an amazing roster. And then even though it's very fast-paced, there's a surprising amount of depth that can be feel a little overwhelming because everybody has different styles and moves. It was a game that... It's one of those games that I've always wanted to try to get good at but was never able to do so. And... It's awesome that it's another game that's so accessible these days through being uh, re-released. And it's it's fun to pick up and play every now and then. Yeah, I, I've never been a fighting game guy. So this is one, and especially not getting a Dreamcast till way later. I don't, and I don't know what other consoles it was on, but 
I just never got into this one. I remember hearing about it. I especially remember when the third one came out. But uh, with fighting games for me, I, I'm, I can never be like, oh, this is why 2 was better than 3. This is why Street Fighter 2 Turbo is better than Street Fighter 2. I, I've just I've never gotten into them enough to know the subtleties. But I can also definitely appreciate that this was like the first big fighting game where like you know, these big intellectual properties are going against each other. So you have so many fantasy uh, matchups that you would have never expected to see uh, being able to play those out. I can definitely see the appeal of that. Yeah, and this game also came out uh, later, I think, for the PS2 and the original Xbox. Now, we go over to September, and we've actually talked about this game, full review available on the YouTube channel and the video archives Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out for the PS1 uh, during this date. I still think like it is the best version of the game to play. I still got to go back and play because like I have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X on the original Xbox. And apparently that one is supposed to be like an optimized version of this game. And the N64 version is like kind of okay. But there's also a Dreamcast version, I believe. Uh, now that we've had a chance to play it, a couple of months have gone by. Uh, what did you guys think about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2? It it really was the Tony Hawk that... I mean, the first game was very popular, but Tony Hawk 2 was just taking the a foundation of a really fun game and taking it to the next level. You got crazy things like Skater Heaven and the Bull Ring, and then you upped the, you know, the roster. You had create a skater, create a park, just taking everything to the next level in an amazing soundtrack, of course. It's just a very memorable game. Of course, it's definitely now a little clunky to go back to the uh, the PS1 version. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd have to try out that optimized Xbox version. I'd be very curious because things like draw distances and, and like using you have to kind of use the D-pad because the joystick is just never going to work out for you. Uh, it's definitely hasn't aged super well, but it's still a very playable game. We all went back and were able to beat the game without too much trouble. So that's, you know, still a thing, but definitely it hasn't aged super, super well. Still a ton of fun to play. I've gone back and played it even after we uh, we finished our episode about the game and arguably one of the best soundtracks ever. Oh, yeah. I think that especially around this time, you, you owe so much to Tony Hawk. Like the music that I listened to was definitely inspired uh, by that game. And now uh, this is where we get big. Like we were talking about this before we hit the record button. I could have sworn the PS2 came out in 2001, but on October 26th, yeah, My the God. PlayStation 2 people came out on October, uh, 2000, uh, October 2000, October 26th. And uh, if you think about that, there are still a ton of PS1 and N64 games that came after this. Like uh, just as a, as a, as a teaser, Final Fantasy IX came out after people, after the release of the PlayStation 2. That one came out on November 13th, but uh, some of the games that came out with the PS2 uh, simultaneously were Tekken Tag Tournament. Like, I was hooked on Tekken Tag Tournament on the arcades, and when I saw the PS2 version, I was like, holy crap. Uh, the, the graphics were incredible. You definitely felt that 3D leap, right? Where it's like, now it's not only beautiful to look at, but some of the games and all of the games, like you saw like really crisp, clean, 60 frame per second graphics. 
Uh, what did you guys think about the lead up to the PlayStation 2, considering it was also a DVD player, which seems like a weird thing to talk about now? But you really owe like the, the DVD player capabilities of it to like its success. So what did you guys think about the PS2? Sony has always been so good about that, really, to sidetrack a little bit. Like, with the PS1, it was a CD player, and you're like, well, that's cool, I can play my music on that. Then with PS2, it was DVDs, and then PS3, it was later Blu-rays. Sony, Sony's been great with that, but I'm trying to recall my hype level for the PS2, and I honestly don't think it was that much until I got my hands on a PS2. I think it was in late 2001. I finally was able to play it and I'm like, wow, this is this is the future. This is this changed everything. NHL Hits was the first game oh, I ever played yeah. on a PS2. I remember PS2. playing that on the GameCube. That was actually a ton of fun. That was a great yeah, game. Yeah, I, I don't remember too much of the hype just because, you know, we had magazines and stuff at that time, but I wasn't really going on like gaming news sites a ton like maybe you'd go on some like cheat code websites or whatever things like that but i wasn't really looking into oh this is the announcement you'd hear about it from other kids and whatever in school but yeah i just remember hearing before i'd even seen any ps2 gameplay footage or anything people just telling me oh games are like movies now so i i didn't know what to expect because i didn't know fully what they meant like that but obviously just more cinematic more cutscenes, things like that uh to get you into the story more and certainly uh playstation 2 was taking that to the next level from the playstation yeah, and for context, some of the launch titles, not a great launch lineup. Like, we got to be real. So, Armor Core 2, Dynasty Warriors 2, these aren't all of them, just some of them. Uh, Evergrace, Fanavision, Kesson, uh, Midnight Club, so that's a really good one. Uh, NHL 01, Orphan, Ready to Rumble, Boxing Round 2. That was my first PS2 game. That was Let's the first one that I played. Let's get ready to rumble. I played I a lot of the game. first one on, uh, PS- or on the N64. Yeah, that, that was my main one, but when I played the PS2 version, I was like, damn. Uh, so Silent Scope, that was a port of the the arcade game, like with the the sniper rifle. Uh, Smuggler's Run from Rockstar, SSX, Street Fighter EX3, that was a thing. Uh, Summoner, Swing Away, Tekken Tag Tournament, Time Splitters, one Unreal Tournament, a Wild Wild Racing. So nothing that's like holy crap, I I gotta get this. Yeah, but. there's no like. Not not many story driven games uh, in that you know what I mean. They they had a lot of kind of you always usually see some racing and sports games kind of are there because you know their graphics they come out every year and it's graph yeah exactly the graphics everything so yeah a lot of uh, a lot of tech demos games that would either like be kind of dead in the water at launch yeah, or I things mean, that would that go on to have what better sequels. Forza is for Xbox is it's like here's here's how pretty games can look on this system. Forza yeah, yes, like Forza Horizon not at this point. Forza Horizon's a wonderful game. Yeah, it's actually a freaking Free awesome game, game. Yeah, I love Game Pass. Uh, so <laughs> switching over to the Dreamcast for just a second, November 6th, the very first Shenmue. So talking about story-driven <laughs> games. Um, I I rented this game because I saw it a lot of magazines. And it was one of those things that magazines had a had a tough time explaining what it was, right? Hey, do you guys so know where like, I can find some sailors? 
Man, like, <laughs> and you know the funny part Real. about that is that that was only like Real. the first part of the game, really. But people it took still me so talk long. about that. I could, I just go around asking everybody, I'm looking for some sailors. And they're like, I know sailors. They hang out in bars. But I could never find the bar. Like, I found some other bar and they weren't there. Took forever. What I think a lot name? of people had a similar situation where, like, I walked around. I don't remember a damn thing about my experience because I, I just don't think it's maybe I would like it now, possibly. Do you remember like anything about package. the incident? The incident, the day that it right. snowed. <laughs> oh, man. No. What was no. it? Was it Tom? Was it? Oh, what, Tom. The Jamaican oh, guy. God, yeah. Um, pour one out for Tom. That's the oh, only good my thing God, about that guy. <laughs> we laughed so much uh, at Tom. But yeah, Shenmue was. Say what you will, it's hilarious to play now and totally worth playing for the memes alone. It is a damn impressive game for its time. The The amount of voice acting that they were able to put in, the amount of tasks you can do, how much you manage in that game, it is extremely impressive with how much is going on. It It's probably one of the first games to really accomplish that feeling of like a living, breathing world, and it's very technically impressive. Yeah, so for 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 a quick context, like Shenmue, it's an adventure game in every sense of the word with a little bit of fighting, etc. But you walk around, it's a lot of dialogue. So if you don't care about dialogue, like that is the game. That is in essence the character, the world, the story. Whereas like Diablo 2 is a is an a top-down, you know, it's a uh, dungeon hack and crawler slash type of game, dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is the complete opposite of that. So you require a ton of patience and it's a super lengthy game. Now we talked about this game earlier, Final Fantasy IX, November 13th. I believe this was the last PS1 game that I bought before I made the switch to the PS2. So I bought a lot more PS1 games since then, but like in that generation, that was mine. And dare I say, I think this is the most underrated Final Fantasy game of all time. I think that because it came out after the PS2, a lot of people just went like, why would I buy that? Because like, there's there's the new one. People already knew about Final Fantasy X. You look at the contrast, and it's like this game is sort of a throwback to the original Final Fantasy games, but I love the charm, the characters, the story, the music. My goodness, people. I freaking love Nobuo Uematsu. Uh, did you guys have any experiences with uh, Nine? I've never touched Final Fantasy IX because... At the point that I got interested in Final Fantasy, I think 10 had already come out. I came to Final Fantasy very late, and like I checked out 7, I played part of 8, but it was really hard to go back to, and I just completely skipped 9. I should probably fix that one day. It's good. Yeah, I, I'm not the Final Fantasy guy yeah, either, Ryan. so never played it. No... The, check check this out november people november was packed because it's like we got shamu on the i mean sixth. holiday season guess it makes sense yeah right? yeah but for this for, for our significance though holy crap because here we go so final fantasy uh that that's for me a couple days later this game november 17th wwf no mercy for the n64 a couple of days after that we got smackdown 2 and wow. then in between that is maybe that, the most important week in wrestling video game yeah. history. <laughs> and then between that, this is like the Ryan uh, category, November 20th, Banjo-Tooie for the N64. Ooh. That's all just like right there. Oh, and also for Ryan, December 4th, Pokemon Puzzle League on the N64. Puzzle League. Wow. 
That's crazy that all of those games came out after the PS1 came out. PS2, yeah. Yeah, the PS2, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, PlayStation was definitely... Well, I know a lot of these were all... You know, we're talking some N64 games, but PlayStation has always been well-known for supporting a old system for quite a while after the new system comes out. But yeah, a ton of ton to unpack there. WWF, no mercy. What can be said that hasn't already been said about that game? Incredible branching uh, story modes to play. The gameplay is it, it's a ton of fun even though i'm not like i i kind of like how some of the newer games work but don't get me wrong i do like me some no mercy and i loved all the backstage areas you could explore too and the create a mode for its time was uh super fun to use and you could really make a ton of uh a ton of different characters on there and you could edit one most importantly and i know they had this in sort of the ones made previously for wcw but the fact that you could edit current roster members so oh hey if this guy you can take the mask off of kane my god what a concept yeah so if some guy changed his look which happens very frequently in wrestling or whatever you could edit him to have his gear look more closer to the modern version of him or whatever that was just a a huge huge part of that game so much fun yeah in my case um i've gone back and played no mercy as far back as like two months ago because i got this like n64 usb controller and it's still great like uh is it my favorite wrestling game of all time no i think that some of the ps2 and ps3 games take that spot for me but yeah, the fact that we had No Mercy and then a couple of days later you had SmackDown, No Mercy was a lot more methodical, slow paced, but then SmackDown was like, boom, like in your face, power driver, you're up in two seconds. So I actually love the fact that if you have both consoles, it's like maybe based on your friends, you got to choose one game over the other. And that was freaking huge. But uh, I want to talk, uh, I want to ask you guys uh, about Banjo Tooie because I never played that. I played mm-hmm. Banjo Kazooie, the first one, I'm but because you. I never beat it, I just never bothered to play the sequel. Ryan, I know you're a big fan of this one, right? Um, so, Banjo Tooie is uh, a game that I didn't, pl- I rented it once and didn't get very far in. Um, I had a lot more fun back when it came out with Banjo Kazooie. However, a couple of years ago, um, my friend and I, we went and played Banjo-Tooie to completion. Yeah, my friend Chris, he's way a way bigger Banjo fan than I am, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of it. But he had always played, he'd complete 100% Banjo-Kazooie. But then when he got to Banjo-Tooie, he would basically do the, the minimum amount of like jiggies, the puzzle pieces you would need to complete the game. And then we we're both like, you know what? We're going to work together and we're going to 100% the game. And we did. And the thing about Banjo-Tooie is it is it's kind of akin to Donkey Kong 64 in that like it's a little bit overwhelming. It's it's very impressive what they tried to do. They tried to build this interconnected world uh, through all the stages. So you could be in a stage in the game and take a path that actually leads you to an area you couldn't reach in another stage. So there's a lot of setup of, 
oh, I can't get all the jiggies here because I have to get to a future level to do some sort of setup and then go back to that level to get it. And there's this train that literally you have to move through various stages to get it all the way to the end. So there, it they, sounds less cool. Yeah, they tried to <laughs> do a lot. Sounds complicated, yeah. Yeah, they tried to do a lot in that game and I, it's got ambition to a T, but... I think a lot of people just appreciated the simplicity of the original Banjo-Kazooie, but Banjo-Tooie is still a great game. It's just, I prefer the the original one. Yeah, the N64 platformer is just such a fascinating thing to me because it's a genre I totally missed. Like, I didn't come to Mario 64 till years later on the Nintendo DS and never touched Donkey Kong 64, never touched any of the Banjo games, haven't played a Conquer game. It's just like a total, like, missing spot in my video game history. We'll, uh, we'll have to get to those. Yeah, Yay. like, Banjo-Kazooie I rented <laughs> a couple of times, but Conquer... Uh, that's one that I've always wanted to check out, just because it's like it's, it's so that obnoxious. That game does not mess around. That game it is hard as hell. And the I fact that it's on N64. Oh yeah, you, you, the big, big mighty poo is the, it? The great mighty poo, I think. Maybe. I mean, I it's didn't a big play poo. it, so yeah. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing of poop. People is what matters. But <laughs> uh, I mentioned Pokemon Puzzle League, so. You know, we had Pokemon Stadium at the beginning of the year. We have another one here. I think this is kind of like Tetris Attack. I never really played it. I put it yeah. here literally because you yeah. mentioned it one time. Again, my friend Chris owned this and we played it like 10 years ago. The only part I remember is depending on what you, if you do something in the game, like you hear sound effects from different characters from the TV show. And whenever I think of that game, the only thing I think of is there's a line with James from Team Rocket, and he just goes, I'm feeling giddy. And that's all <laughs> I remember from that game. Interesting. I mean, if there's something to remember, why not James? Yes. Yeah. And sort of to cap off, because like I had a lot more games on those lists, but there was no way once again we could get to it. But just to like, quickly recap, so... March 21st, we got Wario Land 3 for the Game Boy Color. So, like, excellent games that were just a little bit different than the Mario ones. Uh, Perfect Dark on May 22nd. So, people always talk about wow. GoldenEye. This is one game I never played. First time I touched hmm. it was, like, November last year on the Rare Replay. Like, I always heard about it. It's basically it. GoldenEye 2 with a different with different set of characters. Did you like it? Uh, I only played the multiplayer mode, but there's a lot of people that swear by this game over Goldeneye. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the multiplayer story was just really good in it. Like playing Goldeneye. Interesting. Okay, so a couple more. August 24th, uh, Age of Empires 2, the Conqueror's expansion. So Age of Empires 2, I mean, we dedicated hundreds of hours. Uh, one of my top five favorite games of all time. October 23rd, Time Splitters 2. Here's a game I, I, I had to bring up. October 24th, Mega Man Legends 2. I played a ton of the first game. It was also on the N64. Did you guys ever play the Mega Man Legends games? No, nope. sir. So this is something that I would love for us to play at least a couple of hours. It's super accessible. You can buy it on the PS3 store, by the way, Ryan, for like six bucks. But it's an adventure game, fully voice dialogued, like full voice dialogue with pretty much all the characters towns upgrades it, is the voice or are the voices as bad as some of the ones in like the ps1 mega man games because good god it's like not brutal. bad it's honestly not bad like i okay. was i played this one 
like I need to see this for year. myself. <laughs> yeah, you can check it out. It's like a third person shooter, um, like corridor based. It's, it's got a lot of stuff. Like the control scheme kind of sucks, but it's honestly worth checking out. Uh, Crash Bash on November 6th. So it's like if you like Mario Party or if you hate it, Crash Bandicoot. Wow. He's got a spinoff for you. Crash, I totally forgot that Crash Bash existed. Oh my God. Wait, wait. Did you guys ever experience like. There were hotel rooms where you could rent time to play Crash Bash. I do remember <laughs> hotel rooms that had these janky like N64 controllers that you could rent games on, but that was never happening at my family vacation. Yeah, I've never heard of hotel rooms to rent to play Crash Bash, but yeah. you could rent them for other reasons that we won't talk about on this podcast. They probably charged you like $10 a minute. Uh-huh. $10 I remember per party game. Yeah, I maybe I've encountered those before because so side story. One time I went down to the states to um I can't remember. I was just to go shopping or something and it was the same weekend that the Metal Gear Solid 4 multiplayer demo was out or as a beta or something and i remember being all excited like yeah i'm taking my ps3 with me and i'm gonna play this demo and then the only thing that um i could hook up or i couldn't hook my ps3 up to the uh hotel room uh tv and the only thing they had there was an n64 and a ps1 so maybe i stumbled into a crash bash room i don't know <laughs> a crash bash room man that's and i didn't even uh, get to deep. play the multiplayer yeah, beta. During, during that that fateful year there were many hotel rooms scattered with crash bash <laughs> yeah, a lot of crashing People. and bashing happening though <laughs> yeah if you ever played with those controllers i just hope yeah. you had some hand sanitizer and, and that was not a yeah, common thing i heard thing that's what people go to vegas for to just go on one long <laughs> crash bash <laughs> oh yeah well i Talk mean yes but not what you think <laughs> oh man but it's been fun i, I enjoyed this conversation and uh, everybody that's watching and listening, like, let us know if you would like us to take a look at maybe some movies and react in a similar way or tackle another year or genre. You know, we dedicate the podcast to talking about a specific game or movie, but it's impossible, right, for us to cover every single one that we want to get to. And I think episodes like this definitely help us engage or, or sort of like measure our interest, our personal interest uh, for some of these games. Uh, out of all these games, to conclude, guys, as Keith so beautifully stretches, I'm, I'm going to oh, kick it off with you, man. Just I'm going to kick back. it off with you. Oh, yeah. Keith, out of the games that we've mentioned, if you had to pick one game and be like, this is the one game you have to play from the year 2000 that oh, we talked God. about, which would it be? That's a hard question. I know. I know. Not for if me. If okay, I right, had, right, right. oh yeah, okay, let him have it. Go play Majora's Mask, okay? If you enjoy Zelda games, go play enjoy. Uh, go play Majora's Mask. It's one of my personal favorite Zelda games, so check it out if you enjoy the genre. But if you've never played a Zelda game, don't start there. And if you enjoy playing fun video games, I would recommend you go check out <laughs> Diablo 2. I'm torn between Diablo 2 and No Mercy. But I think I don't think No Mercy's for everybody, and I would say Diablo 2 is the better game for that reason. So I guess Diablo 2, but No Mercy is a very yeah. I think close it's harder second. for people who've like never got into wrestling games to say, "Oh, here, go play No Mercy," and 
understand why it was so great for its time, you know? I think most people that still enjoy No Mercy today, it's because of the nostalgia factor of it, because mechanically, while it is still fun, I don't think someone who's used to the modern games may, like, see the same reasons that people liked it. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, I would have to say Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Diablo 2 was my initial pick, but just to bring, bring up another one, just because it's like... This, just the soundtrack alone, being perfectly honest, is worth the price of admission. Uh, the fact that the gameplay really holds up. Like maybe you played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 or Underground 2 or Proving Ground. And you're like, oh, the first ones, they got to suck. Like mechanically, you know, no. like Ryan mentioned, some games don't hold up. Yeah, this game doesn't have some of the features that the later games had, but it's freaking good. And it's not like a good PS1 game. It's not a fun game to go back to. It's a good game like regardless and and you should absolutely uh check that out and please let us know go to twitter a cast of the past and let us know like what is the definitive uh, game from the year 2000 uh, for you we talked about tony hawks pro skater 2 and other games available now in the archive as well as a lot of cool movies so that's gonna do it for this episode and up until next time this has been another exciting episode of a cast to the past Keith Majora's Mask, like, we, we got to sit down later. And, like, that game did something to you, didn't it? Yeah, it didn't play well. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate it. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs>